Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, our conversation with Doc Rivers, and man, it's been a while, is sponsored by ARS Restoration Specialists. If you're a property or a facilities manager or an insurance pro, make sure you have a disaster game plan in place at arsserve.com and by Verizon Fios, a network ahead. Good morning, Doc Rivers. Long time no talk. How are you? What are you guys' names? I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. How you doing? I'm doing good. If somebody uh, told you the day that we sat down together out at Health Point that as March gets ready to turn into April, Paul and KG would not only be healthy but playing some pretty good basketball, and I know that Ray's been on the sidelines, but based on the fact that he's shooting around, it doesn't sound like it's a long-term thing. You're being a little conservative. That your big three would be in this kind of shape, both athletically and physically, uh, what would you have said back then? Uh, you know, I don't know if I would have been surprised or not. Uh, Paul, especially because he—you guys know—Paul he plays. He's a player. Um, Kevin uh, has been terrific. You know, especially if you go from since All Star break, he's been healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that his health has been so good all year has been really nice. Has the uh, the, the play from the All Star break been attributed to what in your mind? What what have, what is the team committed to doing differently and better that has put this run together in the second half? Well, you know, I think moving Kevin to five helps. Uh, I thought that was a big change for us, and, and bringing Brandon at four, mm-hmm. uh, I think it opened the floor up for Rondo uh, in particular uh, because we have two shooters on the floor all the time uh, for the most part uh, at the five and the four spot, which opens the floor up. Uh, we made a little offensive change where, you know, either we play through Rondo or we play through Kevin on the elbows, and I thought that cut down our turnovers. Um, and then just overall, our team spirit has just been good. It's been really good. Um, you know, you don't know why it happens, but it's happened, and it's a good thing. Would uh, Ray be playing if, uh, uh, if, the, if this were the playoff? If you needed to win tomorrow night, would he play? I think he could try to play. I mean, he actually went through shoot-around yesterday, and he didn't look good. So, you know, I don't know if he could play or not. Uh, it would be uh, interesting. How many days uh, – Do you, here's, here's a dumb question for you, Doc. Do you take it one game at a time, or uh, do you look weak at a time? Do you look ahead? Cause... No, uh, you know, I think every season is different. Yeah. Uh, this year is clearly a one game at a time. Uh season, uh, except for you do look ahead a little bit at the schedule uh, and the amount of games and, uh, you know, as far as practice times. And even uh, is there a place where I can get one of those guys uh, rest? Mm. Um, uh, This is a difficult season. You know, I was telling someone, um, Tom Crean, actually, we were talking on the phone, and um, I told him, I think next week we have two days. It is uh, Monday and Tuesday. Right. We'll have two days off, which we're going to practice. And those will be our last two practices of the season. Wow. I, I, um, and I said, that's just absurd. Uh, but that's just the way it is. I was going to ask if you looked ahead, what you think, when how you react when you look at the next eight games. It's, well, there's it's some brutal. teams in a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 
that's why you don't really want to look ahead. You you literally uh, you you're you're doing almost like damage control, and and you feels like an insurance uh, assessor after each game. Okay, <laughs> who's healthy? Where are we at? What are we gonna do next? And that's how this season is. It's just a hard season. I, I guess that sort of answers what I wanted to get into. And with I guess sixteen games to go. Is there some sort of fit, set formula in your mind uh, for rest versus finishing ahead of Philadelphia, or is it one of those make it up as we go along? We see where we are in two games, four games, six games, eight games, and then decide if I want to put my foot on the accelerator hard at the end or ease up because maybe we don't have a chance. Well, we, we, yeah, if, if it came a point where we thought we had it won, obviously our division, or we didn't have a chance, then you clearly uh, would side on rest. Uh, that's an easy one. Uh, the question comes if if it's down to one game and you have to play it out, mm-hmm. uh, and you think that your guys are getting tired. You know that that could happen, and that would be a tough decision. Hey, we always like to tie in with our with our guests like you and and Schilling and some others. Uh, what the conversation prior to you coming on the air was. And part of what we've been talking about today, Doc, were uh, coaches, uh, players' coaches and, and hard-ass coaches, but not only that, how they deal with the media. And Bobby Valentine, who is who is very opinionated and very relaxed and very willing, I guess is the better word, to share what it is he thinks about individual players, their pluses and their minuses, their shortcomings and all of that, is the antithesis of Bill Belichick, who wouldn't say boo on Halloween. He'll only say, I'll do what's best for the team. You certainly fit somewhere in the middle. You have never rejected or just refused to answer any of our questions, and yet you don't seem to aggravate anybody by say by by hearing people say Doc Rivers runs his mouth too much. Can you talk about walking that fine line between answering questions and being a, a an information conduit versus stonewalling the media when they want to know inside stuff about your team? Well, I just think you should be honest as much as you can, you know. And if you can't be honest, you shouldn't say anything. Uh, so for me, it's a tough one at times. Um, I do protect my players. Uh, I think that's very important. Um, you know, uh, they give me everything they have for the most part, and, and I should give them that respect. And so I, I'm a big believer in that. Uh, I don't think you should ever embarrass your players uh, because they're playing for you, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. And, um, and do you lose them if you embarrass them? I don't, you know, I just, at the most part, try to be me. And um, and hope that that's good enough. Do you uh, do you fake it ever? I mean, when you're after a game and you're pissed, do you do you feel like yeah, saying do you feel like saying get lost? And you don't. I mean, I think I've been around long enough. People can tell when I'm not happy. Uh, but I, I I still try to be as natural and, and normal as possible. Uh, but there's been times when I've blown up in the locker room and then I'll come out. Uh, and you just got to change. You got to be normal again. And uh, the the blow up was for the players, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not for the public. Yeah, but even and, when you played, try to keep it there, Doc. Even when you played, you were a joy to come and walk up and ask a question. You didn't, as a reporter, you weren't nervous. This guy's going to bite my face off because he's not in a good mood. Uh, I don't know how you do it, but you must well, have heard... been in media, and I think that That's helps. True. You know, yeah. even. Uh, coming out of college, you know, um, I did internships and I worked. And listen, we all have a job to do, and and that's something I I, I try to understand every time. Uh, you know, there's jobs to do. I will say this: it's it's a lot tougher now uh, than it was. And for me, and for all the coaches and players, uh, and it's tougher in my opinion because 
the people who used to work are gone. You know, mm. I used to look out into the media pool and I knew everybody. And and you know, you could you could tell a joke and everyone knew that it was a joke. And now you have to be more careful, which to me is too bad. Uh and it's more because of, you know, bloggers and things like that and you don't know, uh, but, you know, it happened to me, I think, two years ago. I made a joke about Kevin McHale. We were joking around, and Kevin afterwards said, hey, I can't believe you said this. And when I told him what I said, he started laughing. Mm. Uh, but it was reported to him differently, and that's because there was a group of guys who you didn't know and didn't know you. And so I think, unfortunately, in that way, you know, when you have the Peter Mays and guys like that retiring and not working as much and, uh, you know, the Bob Ryans and Jackie aren't around as much, I think it, it, it has changed, uh, and that for the better. Doc, let's do a little experiment here, and granted it's a mild one and a mild example to see if you walk the line between not throwing a guy under the bus but telling us the truth. As an example, when Rondo does the end of the quarter as the clock is running down, let the ball roll on the floor thing to save a little time getting it across the timeline. Does it irritate you when he screws it up like he did last night and there's a turnover as a result, or is that just part of the package? To me, that's part of the package because it is something that he gets away with and, and helps our team at times. Um, so it irritates me whenever we turn the ball over, and, and that irritated <laughs> me last night. Yeah. Uh, having said that, um, I, you know, it's not anything that I'm going to go you know, crazy about. It's, you know, it's, it's part of his package. Very few people get away with it. And he's usually one of them. Right. Hey, do, you, do you think you can go deep into the playoffs? And did you think that a month ago, two months ago, start of the season, or has something changed here? Well, before the season, I thought we could. Uh, beginning of the season, I wasn't so sure. Uh, and now I do. Um, you know, and again, for us, and actually for everyone, uh, you have to be healthy. You, you just have to be healthy. Uh, I do think we all forget. The, the one thing that is good is that we – rest more in the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs, the games are harder, but the rest are, is more. Right. And you have a great opportunity uh, to play, rest. You don't travel. Uh, so that's the best you're going to be is doing the playoffs. We, uh, we put it out to our Twitter followers all morning long. If they wanted to tweet us a question to ask you, uh, we'd pick the best one and go with it. And, of course, there were about 1,000 questions about Austin. But this one takes it like a little step further and adds a little wrinkle. This is our Twitter question of the day for Doc Rivers. If Austin were available during the draft when it was time for the Celtics to pick and you wanted to draft him to play for the Celtics and Danny didn't, how would that little disagreement be resolved? Who would win? Well, it wouldn't be a good moment in our in our room, I can tell you that. Uh, meaning? Meaning uh, we would have a huge argument, and uh, then I would let Danny decide. Ah. Uh, and then if Austin went on to be a great player, uh, I would rub that in Danny's face every day. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but that's how it would go. I mean, Danny is the expert in the draft. Um, but I do know this draft, so it would be an interesting, and, and that could happen, guys, and that would be the no fun part of Austin being in the draft. It, it, you know the draft because of Austin? Yeah. I and, know and, the draft because of the kids uh, who are coming out. Yeah. I've watched them since they were freshmen in high school. I right. probably have watched the kids in, the, in this draft probably as much as any single person. And how deep is it? We hear it's a good one. I think it's deep. Uh, I think it's really deep. But I don't know how many superstar deep it is, if you know what I'm saying. Right. But 
uh, this is going to be a very good draft. Obviously, you don't know exactly where you're drafting, but in a general proximity, if Austin were available there, would that represent big-time value? Would you have think you, he has fallen to you and you'd have to take him? Yeah, I would. Um, I just think his, his offensive ability um, is so good that in our league, uh, in a league where I think for the most part everybody is struggling scoring, uh, you need guys that can create their own shot. Uh, we need one more guy like that. So it would be interesting, though. Um, you know, that has never happened uh, that I know of. Yeah. I know Mike Dunleavy uh, played in the league, but I don't think he ever coached his own son. So that would be an interesting dynamic. Um, and let's – We'll wait and see what happens. Doc, when I was in high school, I worked for a construction company that my father worked for, and he was the foreman on the on the, on the the crew, and I was just a lowly laborer. He busted my ass to make sure that everybody else on the crew knew that I wasn't getting special treatment for him. Does that in any way, shape, or form apply to how you might deal with Austin in front of the rest yeah, of the guys? You know, I have not thought about it enough. I, I hope not, uh, because that's what you hear. You know, my dad coached me. Uh, but he was pretty even-handed. Uh, he treated everybody the same, including me. Uh, and I hope I would do it that way. What, what if you wanted to draft him, uh, oh, and your wife didn't, or vice versa? Would <laughs> well, that be? We wouldn't. Would that be more violent than? Uh, would that? Would that be more uh, screaming than Danny and you, or less? Uh, I think it'd be more. Yeah. And it would be one-sided. <laughs> hey, hey, Doc, can you believe your kid went to Duke? for one year. Is that how times have changed? It used to be you didn't do that. I mean, you, it just was unheard of, and now it's okay. It's just part of the system. Yeah, it is part of You know, I don't mind that part of the system. I've, right. I've said that long before Austin, um, and I really believe that. I think, uh, listen, why not? If, if that's what you want to do uh, for your career, you're, uh, you're starting your career. There's not, I don't think it's bad for college. I don't think it's bad for the pros. Um, I do say this, if you want to be a good student, you'll go back and be a better student. Mm. Uh, and I'm hoping Austin does that and every other kid that comes out. Um, uh, I value education, and I, and I just hope that that happens. Uh, that is something we, we talked about during this process. And um, But, you know, I've never had a problem with it. Uh, you know, it's a sport that, you know, in baseball they come out in high school um, you know, football, they have to stay a couple years. But, you know, it's tennis and golf. You can come out whenever. It's just it's sports, and that's part of it. Doc, as the decision was about to be made, what was the final sticking point that ended up being a tipping point when the decision was made? Well, I don't know. Uh, Austin, this is something he wanted to do um, before the year. You know, he just he really wants – he grew up in an NBA family, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think I think people understand that. Um, he didn't grow up in a college family, and his, his his dream is to be in the NBA. You know, it was neat playing for Duke. He loved it. He loved playing for Coach K. I uh, loved playing, uh, you know, the NC Duke games, and uh, but his dream has always been to do what he, he's seen his dad do. If you and, spent, if you if you spent like. Um, six weeks in the off season, getting in shape and running and cardio and lifting and all that sort of stuff and in the gym and all that sort of stuff. And you guys played one on one to twenty one by ones. What would the score be at the end? No, it wouldn't be very good. No, no. He's just, you know, and and that's any player, not just Austin. Just the speed now. Yeah, now, if we played horse, and I didn't have to move. 
<laughs> you didn't have to move. Hey, back to the one and done situation. It it seems to be the concept that that Calipari has certainly perfected where he's been. Yeah, he's good it at it. Is is almost a self fulfilling philosophy because what that allows kids to see is this is the place that embraces the best players in high school to come and spend one year and then get launched into the NBA. Doesn't that make it easier for Cal to recruit the best players in the in the country? Yeah, it does. He has an amazing advantage. Uh, and give him credit, he created it. Um, the other thing, you got to give Cal credit for, each year he does it, he gets a group of players to play together. Yeah, You know, that's hard to do. Yeah, when you, sure. When you recruit five guys and they all think they're one and done, usually they're not thinking about winning. They're thinking about, you know, basketball. Right. Uh, just playing themselves. And uh, that's where I think Cal is underestimated. I don't think he gets enough credit. You watch Kentucky play. They're playing great team defense, team basketball, um, and you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Did Austin consider going to play for Cal? Not really. Um, you know, he looked at him, but but not really. He really wanted to go uh, to a place like Duke. Uh, I mean, and and you know, it's funny when he when he decided, he, he, you know, he said his his goal was to be a one and done guy, mm. but he had no problems. If that if he had, if he needed to stay, right. does anybody beat I Kentucky? Him that before he went in, um, and you know, I thought he went in with the right attitude that way. Why did he uh, not go to Florida? Was it because he just got so good that he became NBA ready, and and it made more sense to go to Duke? No, we liked them both. Uh, you know, really, uh, I just thought a couple things happened. One is I don't know if you remember back then, uh, Kentucky, if you. remember. He might have lost his cell phone. There we go. Billy Donovan. Yeah. And that upset him <laughs> because he's like, wait a minute, I committed to him. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. Austin was young. He didn't understand that happened. All right. And he obviously does. And the second thing, honestly, Coach K came in and uh, he just wowed him. And, um, you know, it was tough for him to turn that down. Doc, good to catch up with you again. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk to you down the road. Oh, uh, guys, great talking to you. Doc Rivers with Dennis and Callahan on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE. Our conversation with Doc is sponsored by ARS Restoration Specialists. If you're a property or facilities manager or an insurance pro, make sure you have a disaster game plan in place at arsserve.com and by Verizon Fios, a network ahead. Right, here it is, next eight games. Ready, Meter? Yep. At Minnesota, Miami, San Antonio, at Chicago, at Indiana, Philadelphia, at Miami. Atlanta. That's is that eight? How many do they win? Three would be great, I think. Three would be great, but yeah. that's what we said on that road trip. That's and they true. Won four. Very well. uh, that looks like a grind. If they get through that meter by winning four with, with winning four or five, Dino's going to come in. He's going to be dressed like uh, Lucky Lapper, <laughs> Lucky the Lapper, <laughs> and a trampoline. His name is, and Lucky. a trampoline saying, "We're going all the way." Uh, you know what's clear to me? Having the conversation with Doc about. Uh, Austin and playing one-on-one, he has come to grips with the fact that every father whose son is an athlete at some point realizes that you've been caught and passed. Yes. And and you're probably, you know, approaching that. Hell, your, your kids, oh, Meter, have already caught they, and passed they, you. And they lap me. And they're only in grade school for Six. crying out loud. But, but Meter doesn't play them, though. He's afraid of getting hurt. He doesn't want to get hurt. Uh, but you know what? It, it, Austin was always a one-and-done guy. Yeah. He just admitted yeah, it there. Did. I guess if he got hurt... Uh, you know, rolled an ankle or would, something happened. Possibly, he'd go that. back yeah. and he'd have no problem going back. But his goal, like Doc said, mm. was to play in the NBA. And nowadays, 
You play in the NBA when you're 19 or 20. If you're good, good enough, and he's good enough. We'll take a timeout. Phone lines open. Dennison Callahan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.